0: Welcome to the worst gig of my life. I'm Joe Lucas, and I chat with musicians, bands, and comedians to hear the real, uncensored stories of the worst gigs they've ever played. This week, we have the Nelson Twins. Chris and Justin are an identical twin comedy duo who boast an impressive resume. They've been guests on The Project, The Footy Show, and Before the Game. They've competed in Australia's Got Talent, and Britain's Got Talent, as well as performing their comedy act all over the world. This episode contains bad language, so don't even think about listening or watching if you're a young, impressionable child. We'd also like to thank our caterers, Tavara Catering, who provide award-winning pies for all of our guests. Enjoy the show. <laughs>
1: do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? You can go first. It's funny, when we decided to come on the show, when you got in touch... And you said, can you come on and talk about the one worst gig of your life? I thought there has been way too many. So we're gonna rattle them off. Uh, Just, I've gotta change got to... the
0: name of the show, Worst Gigs of My Life.
1: It's uh it gets mixed up quite a lot. Yeah, there's so many. Yeah. Justin, take it away. Number one. I've even got a title for this one. <laughs> I'll put it on the street. That's how memorable it is. It's called Six and Out. <laughs> and I know you love cricket, Joey. I do love it. So this story, this tale about one of the worst gigs of my life. our life I was involved sorry mate (laughs) you were there I forgot about that we do comedy together for those of you who are watching at home guys related we're a double act (laughs) cousins yeah I thought so no we are identical twins yeah different mums Cut it out, mate. Cut it out. You're on fire since we've come out of COVID, mate. Stop it. Stop it with these funny jokes, buddy. Do you want to hear my story or not? So it involves an ex-Australian cricketer. I'm not going to mention his name. Mention the name. Yeah, for fear of legal action. But we did a show. Merv Hughes. Merv's in the jungle at the moment. Is he? No, 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 he was... Merv was in last year, that's right. I'm 12 months behind the time. (laughs) (laughs) I've been asleep for a year. Uh, COVID's really fucked you up, (laughs) (laughs) mate. (laughs)
0: Sorry, <laughs> you, know, you can tell me after yeah, the show. Can I get I've just woken story? up on a couch, man.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we started this video podcast five minutes ago and I'm trying to tell this story. and you guys keep interrupting me? I want to yeah. shit on this couch. Just come on, Justin. Let's, uh... <laughs> is, is it brand new, Joey? Did you get this delivered from Freedom Furniture? Or no. Or this, this the one from your... Secondhand. From... secondhand. Secondhand. Yeah, I went to
0: go and pick it up and um, it was the perfect shape and the perfect colour. I love it. I'd prefer it without shit on it. So it's already got enough cigarette butt stain. Did... Did you do some
1: inquiry as to what happened on this couch prior to your getting it? I don't want to know. I think it's it's better not to know. (laughs) It's better not to know. Mind if I get back to my story Your story six and out. Sorry for interrupting your podcast. (laughs) 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 My bad. So we were scheduled to host a show at a cricket club as a fundraiser for the club and there was an ex Australian cricketer that was going to appear as the guest and obviously they were the number one person on the poster everyone was there to see them and I was in awe of this person and I always remember a comedian by the name of Jeff Green who told me that you don't want to spend too long with your idols because it'll change your perception of them yeah and I never thought too much about it at the time but when I met this person I was certainly underwhelmed and they seemed very nervous and they just weren't the person that I thought they were I'd watched them on TV I'd it's Hodge, them. wasn't them what's that it's Brad Hodge wasn't it I'm not going to say that it was Brad Hodge. No, it was a left-hander. It was that gives it away. There's something <laughs> something wrong about left-handers. Uh, You're a left-hander, aren't yeah? you? I am. Are we talking about McCricket? <laughs> yeah, you to talk six, of, six and I out. Yeah, and, yeah, keep sorry, going. I'm not going to try and guess the person anymore. <laughs> right, we'll move on. Uh, we'll add it into the subtitles in the post edit. So we meet him and we ask him a couple of questions about his introduction to the stage. Chris and I are going to go out, do 10 minutes up front, and we're going to bring him on. And he's going to entertain the crowd with stories of boonies, boozing and Warnies womanising. And it'll be a great night. The club will raise some funds. And we get to five minutes before the show and he comes up to Chris and I who are sitting in the corner waiting to go on. And he says, all right, boys, you look like you've got it covered. I'm going to take off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing he was doing it for free. You wouldn't have he had a financial arrangement and then... I'm sure he was yeah. doing it for free. But oh, no. you can imagine, imagine yeah. Bill Burr going out on stage and... Well, I actually remember... It was a cricket function, too. So this guy had played cricket for Australia. Mm. And obviously they were there to listen rude. to this guy. And did he get nervous? He, he was extremely nervous. And he just says, all right, boys, I'm taking off. And Chris and I looked at each other and we were like, no one's here to see us. And how do we go out on stage yeah. in front of 100 people, do our thing, and then introduce no one for the show? <laughs> so he, he takes off and thankfully... We did a little bit extra on stage and there was some ex-Australian first class cricketers in the audience. We brought them up and asked them a few questions. Handy. It was shit. It was like interviewing your mate yeah. who made a hundred in backyard cricket. <laughs> no one knew who they were. <laughs> we pulled it off. It was okay. I wouldn't say it was a ten out of ten yeah. gig. And that was one of the worst performances. Oh, were well, the of crowd my pissed life. off it
0: was there any anger towards you guys? Was there some resentment that We'd we didn't
1: tell him till after we finished <laughs> that he <laughs> wasn't going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and by the way, Bradford, find him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, Chris, that's your, your turn. Oh, where do I start? I'm thinking about that show we did on the back of a truck near Mildura. <laughs> so we're on the back of a truck in Mildura at night time, around a lake with no lights, and we turn up there. And I asked the guy where the show was gonna be and he said, See that truck over there? <laughs> and I couldn't see it, obviously, there was no lights. Uh, he said, That's where you're gonna be doing the show. Yeah. And you you have to remember this gig. And it's the most memorable gig because it was the only time in our career that Justin's ever told the same yeah. joke twice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I knew you were gonna get, to that. <laughs> Did you think tell- gonna get killed. Like, yeah, there's a
0: truck, no lights, go stand over there.
1: Joey, let me tell you why I told the same joke twice. I've had a long history of head knocks playing football and cricket. I've been concussed so many times, and I'd had a concussion only a week before the show, and I was popping Valiums and oh Endones. Endones, all sorts of different opioids medication to get rid of the headache and I was in la-la land when we got up on the back of that truck. It's a wonder I was able to get up on the truck.
0: (laughs) And Chris,
1: take it away. (laughs) Well, we were around a lake. And so not only was there no lighting, but we're outside, which is tough for stand up anyway. But some people were maybe two hundred, two hundred and fifty meters away, so they couldn't see. All they could they could just hear. That was it. Did you have, wait? Did you have microphones? We had microphones, okay. and I remember okay. saying to one of the locals, "Hey, do you reckon you might be able to organise some lighting for us?" And he said, "No, nah, mate, that's not how we do it here." <laughs> I think there was a Lighting girl in Mildura. Yeah, forget it. There was probably a bloke on a tinny. I think <laughs> it was a <laughs> festival of some sort to celebrate mm. the lake. I guess that's what they mm. celebrate in small towns. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was one I remember. But I do remember it the most because you told the same joke twice. I'd just forgotten what I'd spoken about <laughs> early on in the show, and we got back to where I thought we were starting the show again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, have I told you that bad gig we did around a lake? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, mate, go ahead. Uh, so Justin had uh, had a heap of concussions. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: Justin's got brain damage. Almost. Yeah. Uh, if someone told me to go, all right, you, you're standing in a gig, there's no lights, get on that truck. I would have said, no, you're going to harvest my kidneys. Like, that's, I think the
1: thing that made it a lot easier was that they'd paid in advance. (laughs) You can rest a little easier knowing that you've copped a cheque from the local council. Uh, (laughs) What was the council? Local council, taxpayers. I think it was for drought relief or something. (laughs) I I feel guilty about (laughs) taking the money. The lake was full. What was this drought (laughs) relief shit? Uh, uh. But it's been everywhere all over the world. Another stinker I can think of is... We were in Dubai. We've done some shows for the Australian Army. In Dubai. We, yeah, we were That's on our true. way to Iraq, or I think we we're on our way to Iraq, or maybe this was. Were we on our way to Iraq? I can't remember. Or Afghanistan. Or Just Afghanistan. One of, one of those Middle East places you country. normally go to for a bit of stand up. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we were doing a show for some American troops. It was actually there were Australian troops there. It was an American base. Yeah. With we two or three hours bus ride out of Dubai. And there was a hundred Australians in the front row. Obviously, they were there to see the Australian acts. And there was a whole heap of Americans. It was a big base. So the Americans were just at the back playing cornhole and hooky and, and stuff like that. They weren't yeah. that interested in the comedy. And there was a massive church at the back. Again, we were outside in this big courtyard. And we thought it would be a good idea if we just started ragging on Jesus. (laughs) And as Australians don't seem to mind to to poke a bit of shit at a mythical character, but the the Americans, they take it personally personally. Even though they're there destroying some Middle Eastern country, <laughs> stealing their oil, bombing their primary schools and their hospitals, <laughs> y- you don't hang shit on Jesus. At a but military base? At a military base. An American
0: military base. And we're giving it, f- it
1: to Jesus like we would the tooth fairy in Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> and I've dropped this gag about Jesus. I think there was a drug reference to Jesus as well. And... I can't remember. The response at the time, the Aussies were loving it. There was 100 Aussies <laughs> in the front. And it was the only gig of the tour where you could drink as well. So we were all looking forward to it. There was a yeah. three beer minimum. That was one thing the Yanks did well. I think you made maximum. Did maximum. <laughs> I was going to say minimum. <laughs> yeah, well, I had three beers and can't come <laughs> out. I had yours because uh, my bro doesn't drink. So I, I've had six on a, on a tour where you weren't allowed to drink most of the time. And we found out later on, there there was no problems right there and then, no one made any complaints, but we found out later on they barred Australian comedians (laughs) coming back to the
0: base.
1: (laughs) All because we hung a bit of shit on (laughs) Jesus. And that gig is even more memorable for me for one other reason. When we arrived on the base, we'd actually had to travel an hour and a half from the base that we were staying on, yeah. and there's a lot of security checkpoints, and to get back to where we were staying, we had to go through security, and you get your passport checked, you get searched, all the regular sort of stuff, but even more intense than you would. Go through a normal airport, and I shit my pants on the bus ride back to the base. So when we got to security, I had to ask to go to a toilet. And how'd you literally shit yourself. I shit my pants. Fuck. The you food. Are Why? Why? What? Why? Everyone <laughs> shit. Is you telling not... me you haven't shit your pants before? Well, not on my way to a comedy. <laughs> it was on the way home. It was off. <laughs> get your facts right, mate. It wasn't on the way to the. I didn't get up on stage. You uh, asked to stop for a
0: they like, no, nah, we're going to get ambushed. You, you couldn't
1: stop. Pants. You couldn't stop. But yeah. The security detail that we're travelling with us said there's no stops <laughs> on the way back to the base. <laughs> what else was I to do? I, honestly, <laughs> mate, I would have supported you through it if you had told me. Yeah, I, no, no, yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I would have cut you you, far out. I would not have wanted anything to do with you. How, so, was it wearing, the nerves? Were wearing the fatigues.
0: So, like, did they put you in, like, the, the like, fatigues and, like, you have to wear bulletproof vests and stuff? We, we did. We so, had to
1: wear all that mm, stuff. Was it kind of, like,
0: sealed in? Is that why no one noticed yeah. that did you shit
1: your pants? <laughs> they couldn't smell it. I think that's how I got away with it. But yeah. when I got to the security checkpoint, I asked to go to the toilet. And they actually had a toilet there and they let me go. And I threw my undies in the bin. Yeah. And you, quick ditch and then just You Cretin. Yeah. Hey, what's the name of this show, mate? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of one of the worst gigs of my life. One of the worst gigs of my life. It doesn't get much worse uh, than that. that. <laughs> Except- oh, sorry. Go no, off. you just reminded me. We did a show once. We were down down oh, what's Mornington. We were down Mornington mm. way. I don't know if you remember this show. we were at a pub. I regularly get shows, jokes. <laughs> we we're at a we we're at a gig in Mornington and I'd just come back from Southeast Asia, I'd been in Bangladesh. I went to Bangladesh, my my mate and I went to Dhaka for four days, and by far the most worst experience of my life, I I, I didn't shit myself at the gig, but I had been in Dhaka and when I got home, I was so unwell, I I was in Dhaka and I ate some street food and I was back at the hotel, lying in the shower in the fetal position, shitting down the plug hole. I remember, remember when I come back, I You said, know you've uh, got diarrhoea when you're shitting down the plug hole. I, wanted some, I just wanted someone to walk in and end it. I wanted someone to walk <laughs> in. Someone from a maid or hotel security, whatever, just come in and go, yeah, this guy's fucked. <laughs> you know you're struggling with food poisoning when you're shitting down the plug hole. You the know? toilet was right don't there. You have to waffle stump it. You're in uh, trouble. Yeah, so yeah, here I was trying to get a bargain on... Yeah, eat this prawn for 10 cents. <laughs> That's me. Been- That's been sitting in the sun, but going back to your experience the thing about doing shows in the Middle East Is that the heat just knocks you around it does Mm. things to your body We've done we've been in Baghdad we did some shows in Baghdad and I wouldn't then they wouldn't be the worst gigs We've ever done, Mm. but certainly not easy again. You're outside the heat is phenomenal and you you're you're wearing we weren't wearing the vest when we're on stage, but You're there for a whole week, so you have to walk around a lot of the time wearing an army vest, long sleeve, long pants. You can't walk around an army base wearing footy shorts and thongs. They won't let you do it. (laughs) So, yeah, far out there. Anyway. (laughs) What about we get back to Australia? Back to Australia? Where else have we been? (laughs) Finished the world tour. The the world tour, yeah. I've got a gig that comes to mind, and this one, once again, is titled Charity Gig in Turak. And it, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it sounds as bad as the title, Charity Gig in Turak. You're not getting paid to perform to a bunch of people who have a lot of money. Mm. That's quite depressing. <laughs> we got booked through a booking agent to do a charity gig. And we didn't do, do it for free. We did it for a 50% discount, which I thought was quite... Quite good, quite... Not, not quite you told nice me thing. it was for free, you fucking piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, I, can't, I can't think of this gig at the moment. You no, It'll, it'll come to in. mind when I get some more details out here. So I turned up to the gig with Chris thinking that the bloke would be grateful that we've given him a 50% discount, but w- he was anything but. He thought because we had charged him for a charity gig that we were the biggest pieces of shit hmm. on earth and it got us off to a bad start. He made us arrive at the show three hours early I don't know Joe I like to prepare mate I like to prepare (laughs) I don't know if you've ever turned up to work three hours early (laughs) generally you don't but he was so pissed at us he said you've got to turn up three hours early when the event starts we've got to do a sound check we did no sound check he just wanted us there to inconvenience us yeah. yeah so we didn't go on for three hours and he put us in a cupboard so we didn't have a green room with a the toilet. There was no water. He just put us in this cupboard with a mirror, and he said, "You guys can wait here." It's not literally a cupboard. Was it? it was almost a cupboard.
0: How big?
1: <laughs> so how big are we talking here? I'm talking as probably as big as this couch here. So so a big cupboard. A big it cupboard. It was a, a walk-in road. A, 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 It was a powder room. A powder room. Exactly. And three hours we wait, and all I had was my phone. And my hot thermos with tea in it and the company of this boring fucker here. And we chatted away and I put a post up on social media, board And we were just sort of laughing and carrying on. And we get this call to the stage and bearing in mind that we had no water and I was a bit dry before we went on. <laughs> I grabbed my thermos and I just sculled a piping hot thermos <laughs> to get some hydration into me before going on for a oh, 30 no. minute performance and I walked out onto the stage with third degree burns to my <laughs> tongue throat <laughs> and lips oh, this bloke had no idea I stood up on stage and carried on doing the show and when I came off it was off, for charity it was for charity when I came off sta- stage he says "Did you sounded a bit husky <laughs> up there <laughs> 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 trying out a new sound uh, uh, and That wasn't the worst part of it. We got a call some two or three weeks later and the bloke had seen the post that I put up on Facebook saying bored and I answer the phone and he says, so you get bored at charity gigs, do you? Oh, no. And I said, what are you talking about? He goes, I saw your post on Facebook. I'm going to destroy you. And he rattled off all these names of people that were, you know, newspaper writers and news readers he goes I'm going to destroy your career unless you write me an apology letter (laughs) so I said to Chris I've got to write this letter what should I do and Chris goes just tell him to get fucked (laughs) but you being the brown noser (laughs) ass kisser that you are (laughs) I wrote the letter how many sorries were in it there would have been a heap there was a lot of apologies in there. And <laughs> Did you at least
0: try to hide a secret message in there? Like, draw, <laughs> draw a dick in invisible <laughs> ink or like hide a fuck you in there? Uh, I do remember that show. Here.
1: I learned a valuable lesson, though. Never post something on Facebook like that and don't drink from a hot thermos. Those are good lessons yeah. for the kids watching at home. Mm. Nah, kids don't listen to this.
0: All right, I've, got, I've got
1: another stinker that I can think of. <laughs> bush poets. Remember the Bush poets. <laughs> I don't know if you know what bush poetry is. I've I've attended a few folk festivals at Yak and Dander, so I, I've got a bit of culture about. Yeah, you. yeah if you can rhyme rock and cock, you know, <laughs> dick and brick, runt and. <laughs> We're performing at some tin shed south of Shepherdon. Yeah, Many, the old school town halls. You know the that's ones. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, old with school, school corrugated t- iron roof, beautiful, musty smell. Beautiful. Mm. Picture of Queen Elizabeth II still sitting above the piano. All the people yep. that have died in the world wars from that town are up on the walls. It's, around. it's the centre of the universe in these yep. small country. Towns. It's a vibe of positivity, isn't it? They it is. Walk in. <laughs> yeah. It is. I don't know why they booked a comedy act instead of a banjo, but <laughs> they did. They booked us. There was another comedy act on as well, but they put these bush poets on before us. And the thing is, with bush poetry, it's just about rhyming those words together. Mm-hmm. And, but uh, the audience loved it. Didn't the, oh, they? oh, that's the thing. I think that's they what just thought it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. And then we get up there with our perfectly crafted stand-up comedy, a hundred th- finely tuned <laughs> one-liner jokes. Yeah, and they weren't buying it at all. <laughs> was it like
0: there was there quite an older audience? In there, there was because a bit of they an older to watch some um some. They were extremely
1: and... old. And when we walked in, there was old ladies in the kitchen cooking scones and yeah. all sorts of cakes and. Oh, it was, that was the only thing that was great about the gig. Is yeah, and we took a doggy bag with us <laughs> on the way out. When you stink it up, you don't stick around. And, uh, yeah. and So we went into the kitchen, right, and we're literally like piling yeah. cakes and stuff. <laughs> in egg and lettuce sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a bit of jam and cream on the hand. <laughs> uh, so you, you take the positives out of, it, out mm, of the shit gigs. <laughs> but speaking of old people blacktown rsl club we did a show at blacktown rsl club this was early on in our career maybe 12 13 years ago and we look out from backstage, I don't know if you do it, you're a muso Joe, you have a little bit of a peek out to see what your audience is like, but we're at an RSL club so you can imagine the demographic of people and we look out and there's cardigans, hearing aids, <laughs> handkerchiefs, you know you're going to struggle when there's, when there's someone, some old dude grabs a handkerchief out of his pocket and starts blowing his nose, a couple of mobility scooters. <laughs> So it was an RSL club gig, but they'd organised it for the board members of all the RSL clubs in the areas. And they'd got us cheap by saying, oh, you'll get yourself more shows by showing up to do this one. <laughs> um, uh, of course, we didn't know anything. Do you know didn't. the people that booked us? They actually rang us while we were on Australia's Got Talent. On a TV show, yeah. Sorry for dropping that one. I know it was 12 years yeah, ago. Yeah, I'd forgotten on. about it. They rang us during the ad break of Australia's Got Talent. So we'd been on and then during the ad break before they came back to grant daniel saying well done to the nelson twins i get this phone call from the blacktown rsl club saying can you perform and that's how we ended up getting the gig and we thought we'd just take it because he said it was going to be good for our profile it was going to set us up we'd get gigs at all the rsl clubs (laughs) around new south wales and then chris what happened well, we stunk it up within the first. <laughs> I swear to God, it was a minute or two. But what made it worse as well, not only were the crowd old, but there was a massive gap between us and the audience. We call it the dance floor of death in comedy. Yeah. For some reason, they don't like to put tables on the dance floor. I guess with old people on a dance floor standing up a bit shiny, they might slip Sick. over. So they just thought it'd be a good idea to have a 20-meter gap between us and the first lot of the crowd. Yeah. We were gone within two or three minutes. And I remember thinking to myself, how can I blame my brother? That's what Your energy was fucking shit. Yeah. Me. And we, I think we just looked at each other. I could just... I don't know if it's possible for your eyes to quiver. Your eyes quivered. And, uh, and we're, we're, we've we're got to do 30 minutes and we're two and a half minutes in and just shitting ourselves going, how the hell are we going to do this? Wait, so you booked uh, for half an hour. Booked for a half hour spot. Oh, that's a big show. And we did... If we'd have got anywhere near 16 and a half minutes, I'd have been surprised. <laughs> and we come off stage and some lady greets us out the back and uh, and I just saw I'll patronise her. I'll go, yeah, so you'll be in touch about these gigs at the other RSL <laughs> <So> clubs. <close. laughs> but And you know the gig's gone bad when they usher you out the back way. <laughs> so she didn't take us through the front way past all the audience. She said, I'll just bring you boys out the back. <laughs> and the we... B- so you you say,
0: wait, so you said it finished after two or three minutes?
1: No, it, we must have got 15 minutes in. So how,
0: how did it finish? Did you guys say, oh, it sucks,
1: I'm, I'm out of here? Or did they start like playing you? Like, I've got a joke music. that I always go to to finish off. Yeah. and obviously Chris knows that the show's over when I go to the last joke, the closing joke <laughs> yeah. and after 15 minutes we knew that there was nothing else we could salvage from the show. And we don't—we didn't yeah. need to discuss that with each other. You just have <laughs> eye contact <laughs> with your double act partner. You
0: yeah. share the same thoughts so it's, it's a pretty easy one to decide but simultaneously. Th- yeah, a- absolutely.
1: Right. I'm not a massive believer in twin telepathy but there are nights on stage when we look at each other where we know what each other's thinking Not so much these days, but certainly at that gig. And Chris, what did we do? The thing that makes it the most memorable is that we literally, without missing a beat... Walked out the back with the lady that escorted us to the back door, and it was one of those doors where you couldn't get back in. <laughs> it's got the emergency March, bar yeah, on it. Yeah, 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 we, we, yeah, there was no way we were getting back in there. And we we're about five k's from our hotel. It was cold and raining, and we, Justin and I, said, "Man, we have got to walk the stench off." <laughs> yeah. and we turn it into a bit of a joke where we just walk the whole way home down. This is what we deserve. Now you're a shit comedian. No, you're a shitter. And <laughs> uh, I don't know if you've ever had that bad a gig where you've had to walk home because you were so ashamed. Have you ever had that job? Uh, I, didn't I, wa-
0: I hope to never have that.
1: You don't ever <laughs> want to experience it. I didn't even want to get in a taxi and have some guy go, oh yeah, you're the guys who just stunk it up at the, the Blacktown RSL Club. It's, you turn it into a bit of a laugh and then we were going back to the fucking motoring of Blacktown. It was, you, you go back and your hotel room shit. <laughs> Anyway, this is one of the one of those gigs. You put it down to experience. Absolutely. Would you like some of my giant water bottle? I was just going to say, could you get a bigger? I think we should get back to overseas, Chris. Where Another bad we, show that we had overseas. Oh yeah,
0: where are we going
1: to now? It sounds like the best show. We got booked to open the Aussie Bar in Bangkok. So they had a grand opening in Sukhumvit 31, I can even remember the address. And they said, can you guys come and open the Aussie bar, and it sounds like it's amazing, and that we got first class flights over to Mm. Bangkok, five star hotel. We actually happened to be just over there <laughs> yes. and someone who knew someone knew, ice. Ice. <laughs> knew that they we must were have there. seen on social media <laughs> that we were floating around <laughs> Bangkok. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. when you say we got booked, someone asked us to work for Correct. free. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You remember the gig well. I remember. No, I this is a freebie. It was a That's freebie, and, but it was sold to us like, this gig will be good for your profile. If this goes well, you'll get loads of gigs throughout Asia. And Chris and I started talking about villas in Patea <laughs> and how we might have to buy a unit an in island Bangkok, an <laughs> island off off uh, ho chi minh <laughs> yeah. we could be based out of asia and be the most prominent <laughs> comics making money yeah. all, all around asia it was going to We be could great. we could have opened every bar in southeast asia we if could we have. nailed this gig yeah. but that was literally what we were talking about we'd only been doing comedy a few years so we thought the world is our oyster Anyway, we catch a tuk-tuk to the show. <laughs> <laughs> this is how much they cared about us. You would have thought, we're doing the show for free. They'll send an air-conditioned taxi. We caught an hour tuk-tuk ride <laughs> to the show. I had, like, fumes were... We'll breathing in fumes the whole way there and I just you see, like, you're always, I don't know if you've it's ever all been, over, yeah, if you've ever been wheels. to Bangkok in, if you're in a tuk-tuk you're always stuck behind a bus yeah. and the bus doesn't have the motor things at the back and it doesn't have a cover on it. It's just got these fumes going. <laughs> 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 anyway so we arrive at the show and I'm extremely unwell and we go up to the lady who's at the front. And she tries to charge us to get in. So we we pay <laughs> yeah, to get you in. You being the brown-nose-ass kisser that you are, you would have said... <laughs> yeah, no worries, here you go. I, I tried to explain to the lady that we were here to perform, but she couldn't understand the English that I was speaking and she made us pay to get into our own show. So it was it was horrible. <laughs> at the show is... I'm just trying to imagine uh, Eddie Murphy there turning up to pay for Delirious <laughs> or Raw. Yeah. What you talking about? <laughs> uh, so at the show there is 100 Aussie expats with they've got a minimum of one Thai girlfriend each. Half their age. Naturally. And I was a little bit nervous before the show and Chris is reassuring me. He's like, oh, don't worry, mate. We're in Thailand. It's the land of the smiles. Everyone's going to laugh at this show. We get brought up onto the stage with this crappy introduction of, oh, we've got some comedy. I don't know what their names is. They'll tell you when they get up here. <laughs> here they are. And we get up on stage and they've got one microphone for us to speak into. And I don't know if you've ever seen A live concert, the Backstreet Boys sharing a microphone between them, but it just don't work. (laughs) So I'm doing a joke and I'm passing the microphone to him. And I swear to God, not one person watched any of our performance. We were performing to 300 people in a room with no one paying attention. It was like a nightclub with all the (laughs) background noise. And we're still playing music and stuff in the background? There was a band set up mm. in the background and I think we introed them. They wouldn't have been anywhere near ready. And I, I think I remember saying, all right, well, we might get the band on. And uh, so we introed the band. At least the band got an introduction. Yeah. We come off stage and the one saving grace for the gig was the Pommy guy who was managing the Aussie bar in Thailand gave us our money back for having to pay to get in. So we stuck around, drunk a heap of piss, Was it free? We did, we got free. You probably would have paid for it. (laughs) (laughs) And drowned our sorrows. I I didn't know you'd paid to get in. (laughs) I always pay, mate. I always pay. Uh, Who drove here today? You did. Who always drives? You do. When we go out for dinner, who pays? Well, I pay 50% of the time. (laughs) I, I dispute that. Where did, where did Don't we try eat and last? take
0: advantage of his concussions. You. <laughs> you, know, you know, you can remember some things. Uh, no,
1: I'll tell you where we ate last together. Taco Bell's in... Whereabouts is it? In Roxborough Park. Roxborough Park. Who paid for that? Yeah. yeah, I get that. Who got all the last JobKeeper payment? <laughs> <laughs> How's this? We get one JobKeeper payment between us. <laughs> Thanks to the Australian government. We're a double act. We're individuals... And they said to us, we only get one JobKeeper payment, and you got it all. So I think you can shout Taco Bells, man. All right. Ooh. That's not. That's got to that's, You fucking with me? No. Nah. No, I'm not what? fucking with you. One JobKeeper payment. This is the discrimination that identical twins face in this country. <laughs> and ScoMo, if you're listening, we need changes, mate. I'm an individual. Exactly, well, yeah. oh, ScoMo, if you're listening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you reckon he's going to be watching Scomo. this? Do you reckon Scamo is going to be watching this podcast? How many viewers have you got? Uh, on this podcast? Dozens. 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 There's dozens of Yeah, ones. it's <laughs> fucked being a twin. You know? <laughs> When we got here, Joe, what was that question you asked me? Do you guys still live together? <laughs> we're nearly 40.
0: <laughs> Seeing how far I can push it. It's
1: good to know there's a boundary. Uh, Back to the shit gigs. <laughs> Edinburgh. Yeah. We are cool. in Edinburgh oh, a decade ago. And the gigs were great. We did a festival over there at the Edinburgh Festival. We did 30-odd shows for the month. But there was one particular night. It was the second last show. And we had a segment in our show we took an Aussie rules football over there, one Aussie rules football, and at the back end of the show, we would get someone from somewhere else around the world. You'd get a few Aussies in there, but we wouldn't get an Aussie up. And you'd get them to try and bounce an Australian rules football, which yep. if you haven't grown up with the oval-shaped Shubhiate ball, yep. it's really, really hard to get it to bounce back to you. And we had this Scottish guy come up, try and bounce it, and the ball bounced off into the crowd. And we were wrapping our show up, a couple of jokes after that. Mm. Show's done. Everyone leaves, and Justin's like, "Oh, you got the ball there?" I was like, "No, I haven't got it." And we looked around the room. Gone. A couple of grubby little Scotsmen had stolen steal. our Australian rules football. Oh, but not steal. only had they what stole do you think stolen. What was going to happen? <laughs> not only had they stolen the football they'd stolen the ending to our show yeah <laughs> and we're in a country where you cannot get an aussie rules football anywhere <laughs> oh, what were they going to do with it it's not like they'd take it down the park and all of a sudden australian <laughs> yeah. rules just becomes popular in edinburgh <laughs> just for the hell of it because they were on the booze mm-hmm. and we were, we were livid. We were walking around the streets. Our show was at midnight and finished at <laughs> 1 o'clock in the morning. Justin and I were walking around Edinburgh at 2am. It was cold. Going, Where the fuck are these guys? <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: we're, and we're just looking. We're hoping to be walking around the street in between buildings and all of a sudden we see a footy just come over the top. <laughs> oh, there they are. <laughs> Lace out over the road. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. that gigs, that trip mm-hmm. was memorable for me. I I've never forgotten it we were we were at a venue and there was like a church with, that had these steps out the front and it was the first and only time I've ever seen a guy in a kilt and I've just seen him pissed lying on the steps and his whole package just hanging out <laughs> like arms, <laughs> balls, dick, scrotum, <laughs> gooch. It was just all there. It was. I've never ever forgotten it. This, this guy propped up against the seat with his kilt open <laughs> and, yeah. and uh, a memorable trip. <clears throat> So we remember the Edinburgh, Edinburgh Festival most for someone stealing our football. Mm. Yeah, well, you got a
0: festival plus people drinking just increases your kleptomania by exactly thousands of
1: percent. People it steal was, each other shit all the time. It was it was, a, it was a festival centered. It seems to be centered around alcohol, doesn't it? Mm. It was people drink a lot. It's Britain, isn't it? It is. Yeah, they love it. They they're good drinkers. I think we should change direction again and go back to Australia. I think we're doing. One and one here, aren't yeah. we're at home gig, away gig. Keep them guessing; it's good. <laughs> believe it or not, Chris and I are actually school teachers. I don't know if you knew that, Joe. I'm sure if you've done I would done it, your yeah. research on us. You, you may have known that, We've but read in... the website. No, I read the <laughs> website. In the early days of comedy, we used to do a bit of school teaching to supplement our income because we didn't make that much money. We still don't make that much money because we're sharing the jobkeeper, <laughs> yeah. and it's COVID. We've hardly done a show in <laughs> nearly twelve months. Yeah, but we used to. We used to teach at a school in the northern suburbs, and I'm not going to mention the name because I don't need the hassle. But every year, come Christmas time, the assistant principal at the school would always ask me if we'd perform at their end of year Christmas party. And I was just in there doing emergency teaching every now and then. Chris would go there as well, it was a good school. And every year I'd tell him, no, I don't want to do it because I didn't want to mix. Teaching with comedy yeah, in case yeah. things went badly. Yeah. And every year he'd tell me, oh, we're a wild bunch. We're a wild <laughs> bunch. You do this show. <laughs> Teachers all love it. And I'm from the country like you, Joe, from aubrey Wadonga. And wild parties mean at least heavy beer. Or always always Rowdy heavy crowd. Rowdy crowds. There's yep. generally a couple of people shagging in the car park out yep. the back. That's a wild party. And anyway, he got me on a bad day, and I said, we'll do it. And I told Chris, we're we're doing this school gig. And he goes, are you sure? I said, look, mate, we need the cash. We need the cash. We did the gig, and it was atrocious. (laughs) The only people that laugh were the PE staff. And they're (laughs) always, yeah, they're always the coolest people in the school, the PE staff, and I still remember, as everyone avoided us after the show, Like all the teachers that I'd taught with throughout the year just couldn't look me in the eye. And they're walking the other way. I could see them coming towards me and I'd make eye contact and they'd like duck off the other way. But the AP, the assistant principal couldn't avoid me because he had to pay me the yeah. social club money that they'd saved all year for <laughs> and I can still remember him handing the money over like this and just giving me this filthy look. Well, you and destroyed his Christmas money. Yeah, I destroyed the <laughs> Christmas party. You were pretty bad as well. Like, you know, it was your fault and I'll remember it. I remember it well. Someone had parked a flashy looking car in the disabled parking spot out the front and Justin thought that he'd get a bit of material out of it. <laughs> Yeah, and I don't. You you didn't really have anywhere to go with it. We we were probably struggling big time. So you were like, "Oh, who's got that flashy car in the disabled parking spot?" And of course, it was someone that was disabled. <laughs>
0: oh no! Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> so I and, can't remember exactly what you said, but you just you you were struggling. You were clutching at something. Did, <laughs> I, I
0: can't
1: remember. I remember. You would have very blocked little. it out, mate. Yeah. You would have blocked it out. I forget a lot on stage. <laughs> <laughs> remember? And I'm assuming you probably didn't teach there much after that either. No, I never taught there again, but as you well <laughs> <laughs> did you rip it? So did you rip into the person who owned the car? Oh, I can't remember now. I can't remember. <laughs> when, you're what a comedian. Say. <laughs> when you're a comedian and you're struggling for some, for, to get that relationship going with the audience. Sometimes you just have to look into the audience and see what you can, what you can do and I, I guess in your mind you thought oh yeah there was that flashy car in the disabled parking spot when I walked in Yeah, let's have a go at that
0: um, <laughs> get up from your wheelchair
1: I want to see your permit yeah. I can still remember your wise words as we drove out of the car park Chris says to me Start we never have job. to see those fuckers again <laughs> He says, we never have to see those fuckers again <laughs> two years later I have to apply for a school teaching job. I've got two kids to support. Comedy wasn't going great, can't work out why. (laughs) (laughs) And I have to start applying for full-time teaching jobs. And I apply for a job at a local school round the corner from my house. And I go in for the job interview. And as I walk in the door, sitting at the end of the interview panel is the assistant principal who had to pay me that money from the gig two years ago and i still remember i looked up at him and he looked up at me And I tell you what, it was the worst job interview I've ever had. (laughs) You should have just walked out. (laughs) I can imagine your eyes must have met and there would have been a conversation like, you are not getting this job. And generally you wait two days to hear back for a response as to whether you got the job. I got this jovial phone call from this bloke like two hours after I'd completed the interview and he goes, oh, how are you, Justin? Just ringing to let you know that you're not the preferred candidate. Sorry about that. (laughs) And, oh, mate, I was so impressed. Embarrassed. That's right. i so <laughs> embarrassed. What are the odds? We have had some good gigs, though. Yeah. <laughs> we've had some, we've <laughs> had some good <laughs> gigs, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, we've had a couple of good ones. Sounds like you've burnt quite a lot of bridges. <laughs> it's, it's the nature of the business. You never set out to do a bad show, and you put so much into it, and inside internally you're just like i want to do well i want to do well and sometimes everyone has a bad day at work it's just how it works
0: yeah
1: i reckon we could probably finish with maybe a story that's not so much of the worst gig but the worst campaign we've ever done remember the one working for the soft drink company that we did i remember it well yeah Mm. Yeah. so So it it wasn't stand up as such no it wasn't stand up as such but a big soft drink company who once again i'm not going to mention the name of for fear of getting into trouble. They contacted us and wanted us to do a social media campaign to promote their new low sugar drink. And it was six days driving up the east coast of Australia. The company was going to put everything on Facebook, promote the drink, and we'd be doing all sorts of testing with locals, getting them to try the drink and sort of teasing out some funny stories from people. And they had these big vans with the company logo on the side and For a bit of sex appeal for the campaign obviously chris and i couldn't bring that (laughs) they hired these four super hot models and i'm talking super hot blonde hair blue eyes you know voluptuous great bodies all that sort of stuff and they had to drive the vans and park them in certain areas while chris and i were doing vox pop stuff and interviewing people and they were just hopeless. They couldn't drive the vans, and no disrespect to the girls, but every two minutes the director would be going, cut, cut, you've got to move that van over here, and they couldn't do it, left hand down, left hand down, and the girls would be putting right hand down and backing a van out of the way, out of camera, and it was just going absolutely pear-shaped. But we pulled it all together, and it was a great campaign, and we got to the end of it, and the company told us that their social media numbers were through the roof and we're thinking, oh, there's a TV campaign coming in. <laughs> there's it. a billboard campaign. And we all left after the last day of filming going, you yeah, know, this is not the end. We're going to see you guys soon. Mm. Girls, we're going to see you again. <laughs> and we they have been raped. <laughs> so and I'm it just trying you- to add a bit. Of <laughs> a <statement laughs> to story. Like Joey and I are sitting here, fuck, is this guy ever going to finish? <laughs> Uh, There's radio radio (laughs) silence for about three or four weeks and we hadn't heard from anyone as to what was going on, whether this big TV campaign was going to go ahead. And we get an email from our manager that says, we've heard from the big lemonade company. I'm not going to mention their name. Schweppes. I'm not going to say. We've heard from them and they're asking you why there has been damage to the Pepsi van. (laughs) Oh, she just I, knew you'd get a punch line, I knew you'd get a punchline. I knew you'd get a punchline in there. Mate, you are brilliant. The suspense. You just keep us going with a shit story. I'm not gonna tell you who it is, I'm not gonna tell you who it is, and then bang. We can I- edit that out. Yeah. You are brilliant. Edit the funniest bit of the story. <laughs> uh,
0: put, can, I'll put a beeping noise on it. Yeah.
1: You can't beef it out. Mate, oh. that was like a thriller movie. <laughs> Mate, so here can't... I was thinking you're a shit comedian. <laughs> (laughs) And you're just building up the suspense, building it and building it and building it. Joey and I are looking at each other like, is this guy ever going to finish up? And then bang, you smash us with it. Mm. Yeah. There's more to the story. So the company has conducted an investigation and they've spoken to these models and the models have said that we were driving the van, that the Nelson twins were responsible for $5,000 worth of damage. I think it was more damage. That was just the premium on the insurance. Yeah, one of the girls had backed the van into a pole or something. And, and Pepsi, if you're watching, we never ever hit anything, but we never got any more work either. Was there not
0: like someone else that was also there that wasn't the girls that could say, "Oh no, they weren't driving"? To yet. be fair
1: to the girls, they probably didn't know they hit something. <laughs> Oops. Anyway, someone's—it wasn't a write-off. There was just a massive dent and scrape down one side.
0: That's and Pepsi, they could
1: just buy another one. And the agency that booked us, I think what they wanted to do was take the premium out of our fee when they were dishing <laughs> the money over. But legally, they couldn't say, oh, by the way, we're just keeping five grand of your of your cash. Yeah. And I think... My blunt email in reply was no. <laughs> and We never ever, no, and surprisingly no enough, we never ever heard from anyone involved with that campaign ever again. So Over
0: a damaged van. Surely a damaged you can kind van. Of see the bigger picture and go. You oh, no, the promotion went well. We just won't let them near the van next time. We yeah. were the
1: stars. We shouldn't have had <laughs> to driven the van. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! Uh, I'll never drink Pepsi again, boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Peps- Thank you. Pepsi next. Pepsi, Pepsi next. next. Pepsi next. Oh, long it. gone. Yeah, no sugar, stevia. Add the stevia, and it was supposed to be good for you. For you or something, it was supposed yeah, to be good for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's natural. Um, Does something. Yeah. Well, I've I think forgotten. we've exhausted all our shit gigs in comedy. What, what
0: um, what advice would you give for budding comedians out there?
1: Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't become involved in a double act with your twin brother when you'll be nearly 40 years of age, still trying to scratch out a career. Uh, you'll only get one JobKeeper payment. Yeah. It's very specific to twins. <laughs> oh, death is good. Yeah, good. If, if I was to give anyone advice about doing comedy, that would be my serious advice. Mm. is Don't do it. You've, you've got to be prepared to just eat a dick as you can... <laughs> As you can listen to, there's a lot of stories about bad gigs. You've got to have a strong personality, don't you? A thick skin. Thick skin. I think that's probably why you've crumbled a lot over the years. (laughs) Why you've just gone to water. (laughs) Let the team down. (laughs) Mm. So do you still want that lift home? Oh yeah, look buddy, I was only joking, mate. I was only joking. (laughs) That's a funny story about why Justin's always going on about why he always drives. Years and years ago, we used to... Justin used to have a few beers too. I like having a couple of beers after a show. And I thought to myself, I'm getting sick of driving every second night. Because we used to take it in turns. I'd have a few beers... He'd drive, he'd have a few beers, I'd drive. So I sold me car. <laughs> and Good move by you, that's what so a, smart. And that's you never I have to drive again. What a smart move. Yeah, people. S- you say, oh, you're so fucking selfish. That is the <laughs> smartest thing that you could ever do. I sold it for us. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. So Justin <laughs> rings me up and goes, oh, your turn to drive tonight. I'm like, dude, I've got no car. <laughs> uh, so anyway, <laughs> I d- smart move. I'm the smart twin, if you really want to look at it. Home. But I do want to lift home. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> and if you could drop me off at my place, not just get to your house and then say, oh, you, you don't mind walking home. Because I do mind. Uh-huh. I want to be dropped off at my door. On that note, I think we're done.
0: Gents, Nelson Twins, thanks for coming on. That was awesome. Very funny stories on there. Appreciate it. Thank you. On you, Joey. Thanks, mate. Awesome. Cheers. fellas. <laughs> that, was, that was good fun. And that's it. Thanks for listening. We will be having a two week break until the next episode. Due to the coronavirus, we've had some interruptions with our guest schedule. If you enjoyed this, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or whichever podcast platform you're listening from. The theme song for The Worst Gig of My Life is produced by Nathan Laurent. The interview was recorded and mixed by Nathan Laurent. See you in a few weeks.